Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On the Prowl Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Roden. And I'm Remy Johnson. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have Jarvis Greer with us. He is the Director of Sports at WMC Action News 5. Welcome to the show, Jarvis. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm here. That's a good thing. <laughs> well, we're also glad to have you here on the show with us. Well, this is a great thing to have a chance to come on with you guys. Have a lot of good feedback. A lot of good feedback. You had my girl Cassie on, I think. We she did. did a great job. Yeah, yeah. She's a superstar. She is a superstar. Let's hope we can hold on to her for a while. Well, your job is the director of sports. So if you can tell us more about what got you into sports in general and what made you want to be a part of it. Well, excuse me, I'm kind of sweating, kind of sweating a little bit. I just got done with the workout, trying to get my fat behind back in some sort of shape. But <laughs> no, I always played sports as a kid, and uh, it was just a natural progression for me to get to get into this uh, from this. And I always wanted to do something in television. Uh, ever since my dad, when I was a little kid, he got us an old eight millimeter Bell and Howe film camera. You know, it was battery operated and wind up too, and. We used to make little movies and pretend like we were, you know, on the news and doing stuff like that. And uh, and so that bug kind of stayed with me. And then I went to uh, school at the University of Memphis. It was Memphis State back then. And uh, they had a really, really good communications department. They still do. And uh, so I wanted to uh, to get into that and see how it would work out. And um, I was able to turn that into a job at Channel 5. I graduated on a Saturday from Memphis and started work on at Channel 5 at Monday, the next Monday. And uh, it was it was really awesome. Everybody that came through that program at uh, Memphis when I, when I was there got hired somewhere. It may not have been here. I was lucky enough to get hired in my hometown. But they got hired somewhere in the field. You know, a lot of people go out and they got to wait tables or do other stuff before they can get into their major. But I was lucky enough to uh, have that opportunity here uh, from the University of Memphis. I'm forever beholden to them for that. And I've been at Channel 5 now for a while. <laughs> and uh, uh, like I got started, you know, on the technical end, I was basically educated behind the camera. But our program at Memphis, they had us do everything in front, behind, right, edit, shoot, light, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that really helped prepare me. And so when it, eventually, when I finally did get a chance to do something on air, I knew I wanted to do something in sports. I'm not a news guy. Um, I just not, you know, what I really wanted to do. And I was lucky enough. You know, Jack Eaton was there when I was there. Big Jack is my mentor. He's a, congratulates him, the great press box in the sky. Uh, he taught me everything he knew, which was a lot of baloney. <laughs> I kind of picked that up because I grew up listening to Big Jack on the radio calling the Tiger games. And I always wanted to have a chance to do something like what he did. And lo and behold, I got to work with him. And it was just it was just great. And uh, eventually I was able to do a couple of sports stories and uh, it stuck. They kept me. So <laughs> that's kind of how it started. Uh, what a turnaround. You, you said you graduated that Saturday, then right back two days later. You're already starting. Yep. So. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, they had uh, back at that time, we had like three man crews because the equipment was so big. They were just really transitioning from film to videotape and the videotape cameras were huge with all these batteries that you had to carry. So they needed and the recorder was a separate piece of equipment. So that's yeah. how I kind of got my foot in the door. Okay. I was, I was the audio man, quote unquote, and I uh, held the tape recorder and, and, and the microphone and Got to go on a lot of great stories with a lot of great professionals. And that's how I really learned the news business uh, from them. And yeah. and shout out to uh, WMC Action News 5 for having an aggressive program 
of letting young kids come in and get a chance to do all that stuff. Because Joe Birch came in basically a year before me and a couple of other people, and and uh, we all learned the same way. So we learned how to do everything before we got on the air. Yeah, I was about to say, well, it's a good thing you learned prior to joining the Action News 5. That way you don't have to relearn everything. Yeah. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. So, you know, it's all uh, – we. We were very lucky that uh, they had a really good program at Memphis, and I got to run that around and play a little football there too. So I guess that that kind of helped me out because I had a little name recognition when I when I did get out of school. And a couple of my professors at Memphis were also on staff at at Channel Five, so that was a good uh, way to get foot in the door. But you know, if you're looking for a good school to go to and in a in a good sized market where you can actually get a chance to go and work and intern maybe or even get a job. Uh, hey, Memphis is the place for you. So you Go Tigers. Go Tigers, indeed. DTG, baby, all the way. You mentioned that uh, you were fortunate enough to stay in the hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so I did have to ask you, and it, it is a little easier since this is like your the Memphis market and you're like all Memphis, but does being from Memphis present a bias for your profession in terms of like just talking about sports or just like anything Memphis related? Well, like I say, I learned under Jackie. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember big Jack. <laughs> a lot of people said he was the ultimate homer. It doesn't people in the home market want to hear about the home team and oh, yeah. they, and they want to hear, you know, whatever you have to say. Now, now I'll tell the truth about it, but yeah, I'm biased and I make no, make no bones about it. Everybody knows where I went to school. Everybody knows that I played for the Tigers. I am a tiger. I be bleed blue and gray. I'll tell the truth when I don't I see something that's not right. But uh, no, man, we're in this to have fun. In the news business, there's, there's all this gloom and doom and everything. Man, people turn on the sports to have something to enjoy, and that, that's what I do. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to hear as a fan. So that's what I do as a professional and uh, served me well so far. Well, you play for Memphis, and you're now, of course, with Channel 5. You were saying the football aspect, you're now, a, I believe, a play-by-play announcer on Saturday games. Dave Ocean does the – he does the play-by-play, and I do color on the football game, on the Tiger football broadcast on the radio. I actually got a chance to do that with Big Jack, too, for a few years before he retired, and, and so that was great. So I've been doing this for a good while, and I, I enjoy the heck out of it, let me tell you. Well, you're doing great at it. Oh, yeah. We love Thank you. Thank you very much. to the Tigers win, of course. And then we'll be back at it next Friday at spring game. Yeah, Friday Night Lights coming up. Uh, it's uh, a... It, there will be some fans in attendance now that, uh, you know, everybody's getting vaccinated. Hope you got your shot. I just completed my second uh, yeah. Pfizer uh, pinch. And uh, so, you know, let's go out there and, and do what we got to do and, you know, be masked up and get this thing over with so we can all come back in the fall and uh, enjoy life again. Yep. I got my second Pfizer shot as well. Two thumbs Very up. Very good. Very good. Do you have a favorite like sports memory you've made in your lifetime? Oh, that I made? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I got a chance to do a whole bunch of stuff. Me, that me personally that I did or something that I witnessed. Well, let's see. As a player at Memphis, the first thing that jumps out to me is um, we played Houston uh, back when they had Danny Davis and Bill Yeoman was the head coach and they ran the Veer offense and they were like number six in the nation at that time. And they came to Memphis to play the Tigers. And I was, of course, playing back then. And I got a... Uh, I got, uh, uh, they were going for a first down. It was getting late in the game. We were leading uh, seven, nothing. And they um, were going for a first down and 
Danny Davis escaped the rush and made a pass to the tight end. When my job as a strong safety was basically cover the tight end. And I got there as soon as the ball did, and he did not make the first down. And we went on to win the game 7-zip. Um, Ernest Gray, who was an, an All-American at Memphis and was a, an All-Pro wide receiver with the uh, New York Football Giants, um, caught, a, I think it was a 92-yard touchdown pass from Lloyd Patterson. And, uh, and that was basically it. Houston, and that was the first game of the year. Houston lost to only two games. They lost to us in the first game of the year, and they lost in the Cotton Bowl to Joe Montana and Notre Dame on a last-second play. And it was an ice bowl back then in, in that in that year. So that was a personal note, um, something that was gratifying for me. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the first thing I did. That's, and, that's uh, awesome. As far as a professional – and uh, with 2008 Tigers and making it to the national championship game and getting a chance to sit courtside as a, you know, at the reporters' table and all that good stuff. That was that whole run was just crazy. That whole run was just absolutely crazy. Also, in football, it was the Cotton Bowl last year. It was like dying and going to heaven. <laughs> two years ago, is if you're a Tiger fan, I mean, who you if you ever thought about? I mean, it was the ultimate, and they call that bowl like a. Uh, there's no comparison, and they're right. They do everything for the media, the fans, and of course, it's at Jerry's World, which was just awesome in its own right. And to play, you know, a, an established blue blood like Penn State and play them off their feet, you know, for most of the game, um, it was just that was just an incredible run, an incredible ride. Hopefully, we can get back to to New Year's Six Bowls here pretty soon. Yeah, man, that'd be great. We might do it this year. You never know. That's true. <laughs> that is true. So you do Friday night fever on Friday nights for high school games during the high school football season and basketball <laughs> season. And I think you've been doing it like you might have had a struggle this year because of some Shelby County schools not being able to play. But tell us more about the energy you have in it, because you always you always seem so hyped when you throw the papers and when you just <laughs> you seem excited when you're talking about the scores in the games. Well, who wouldn't be excited to get to talk about high school football in Memphis? And, uh, you know, we get out and we get try to get out in the area as much as we can. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, that's a time to have fun and to celebrate. You know, these guys, you know, uh, on the local level, the only way they're going to get, um, you know, the coverage is by the local TV stations and, uh, and the local paper and, and, and all that. And so when, when they go out there to play, you know, Friday, Friday nights is, is like a religion. In, uh, in, in a lot of places. And, you know, this may not be Texas, you know, where they are just absolutely crazy about high school football, but they're pretty crazy here. And it's, uh, and, and, you know, parents, friends, girlfriends, you know, fans, the students, they all want to go to the, to the game, whether they watch the game or not. They all want to go to the game on, on Friday night. And then the players, when they, they always, one of the best things, you know, compliments I've ever gotten about that program is that the players rush home after the game and, and, and want to watch and see if they see themselves on, on Friday football fever. And that's, uh, that's a great compliment. And we just got to make it fun with it. Congratulations. I want to give a shout out to our photographers who basically are the ones that are doing most of the heavy lifting and they're going out there and they're getting the great shots and getting the great highlights. We just basically, you know, serve as a dispatcher. We send them out. They come back in. It's kind of like FedEx. The planes go out. They come back in with the stuff, and then we kind of put it together, and then boom, it's on the air. It's uh, it, If it seems kind of frantic sometimes, that's because it is, because sometimes I don't get to see it before it actually airs, and then other times I do edit it myself. But it's it's uh, 
it's just fun, man. It's something to have fun on. We don't, we don't keep any secrets. If we know, you know, a name, we know a name. The hardest thing in the world that we found in, in local television is try to get the scores on high school football games and basketball and to make sure we got the names right. Because a lot of times, you know, especially in city schools, they don't have the roster right or the numbers don't match up. And and it's just, uh, it could be a production, but we just try to do the best we can with it and get it on so people can have fun with it on a Friday night. Well, I'll be honest, I, I couldn't tell because every time I look at the scores, they always just look right to me. So I'm like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, every now and then we might have a misstep, but you know, most of the time we got it, we got it straight. Yeah. Straight, as we say in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen myself on that Friday Night Fever. I've, I was a part of White Shades in football. I was a oh wow. I was a student manager. So when I, uh, when were you there? I just graduated last last year. Oh wow! Very good. Look at you coming on up in the world. I hear you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope that I think the city schools will have a chance to get back on the field again. Everybody will have a chance to play. And I, I'm, I want to say right now, I agree with Dr. Joris Ray of uh, Shelby County Schools and and uh, and holding off on playing because so many schools in in the city just don't have the resources that a lot of the county schools have, and that you know don't have access to medical care and and all that good stuff. And all you get one kid sick or something happens, and there's a breakout. They can't just you know turn things around and and and, and knock it out like say a Collierville or a Houston can. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a tough deal, but you're, you're keeping kids alive and their parents and their grandparents and, and the rest. So we'll, we'll be back. We'll have a chance to play again. And, uh, and so that's my take on that. You were mentioning how, how Memphis is just like so great. What, what would you say is so special about just the Memphis market in terms of media, in terms of sports, just what have you? Well, for me, it's special because it's home and, you know, I, I'm passionate about home and I oh, get yeah. to cover the things I want to cover and talk to the people I want to talk to because, you know, they're my friends and my neighbors and the people I watch and the people I cover and, and you know, I see every day. And uh, so it means that much more to me. Uh, the, the Memphis market, I mean, we've got everything pretty much that you want. We got professional basketball. We got the NBA. We got uh, baseball with the Redbirds. We got, of course, all the college sports with the Tigers. The SEC is right here in our backyard. Um, you know, we have soccer now with uh, the 901 FC. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, it's just it's a great place to be and a great time to be here. Well, you mentioned NBA. I wanted to get your thought on John Morant. Well, John, John's special. That's a special dude, man. Yeah. He can do anything with the basketball. And um, it's, uh, you know, he says he doesn't want to get in the dunk contest. I don't want him to do it either because I don't want him to get you know, overextend himself and have a chance to get hurt. We need that dude to play. Right. And so, you know, if you look at it, yeah, Memphis is now what they just won. I don't know when this is going to air, but the, the, the Grizzlies on uh, Tuesday night just beat the Miami heat. Uh, one of the top teams in the East swept them for the year and they're mm-hmm. doing, and they're two games over 500 and they're doing it without one of their best players in Jaron Jackson jr. Why are they doing it? Because they got one of the best point guards in the league, one of the best players in the league. And John Morant, who just can do incredible things with the basketball, and he gets everybody involved. The team around him is good. They know to run and get open because he will find them. And then, you know, you got what they call fourth quarter jaw. And if he needs to take over a game, he can take it over. He's just a special talent, and we are lucky to have him. You know, if you go to a game and you watch it on TV, you're guaranteed to have a <gasps> oh. And oh my God, <laughs> with the with the basketball. Now he's worth the price of admission. 
and uh, we are lucky to have him in that. Well, it scared me last night when he got that hip injury and he took himself out of the game. But oh, yeah. Taylor Jenkins said he should Yeah, yeah, he got him. Yeah, we'll see how he is today. You know, his, his hip uh, tightened up on him a little bit. I think it happened on one of those drives to the bucket where he kind of hung in the air and took some contact and came down kind of funny. But, you know, I think uh, he's uh, been able to if, – if he does miss tonight at Atlanta, th- this would be, what, Wednesday night, mm-hmm. uh, the Swiss 7, when this is being recorded. If he does miss tonight, okay, that'll be tough. It, it's cool to see him go against Trey Young. but. Uh, I mean, I think he'll be fine. I think it could be just one of those things that just, you know, you play all these games and, you know, it's wear and tear on you. And he ain't the biggest dude in the world. Yeah. But even if he was the Hulk out there, you know, you, you're going to get a little ache and a pain that, that might put you out for a minute. So I think he'll be all right. And we can, we'll, the Grizzlies will roll on. We we still got good players. Tyus is a good playmaker. He'll he'll step into that point guard position and he'll do he'll do just fine for us i think we'll be fine my wife and i are season ticket holders of the grizzlies we've been since they they moved to town we were part of that nba now movement because we knew what it would mean for the city and uh it's just absolutely incredible the things that you know have being an nba city you know we are one of 30 in the world and that's you know you're on the map they talk about the grizzlies in spain you know, even even without Mark Stahl being here, you know, they, they are a topic of conversation now with John Morant on the team. And, you know, the NBA, just their NBA community assist, just uh, awarded Memphis $3 million grant for several community organizations here. That wouldn't happen if we weren't an NBA city. So there's all kinds of things involved, not just what you see on the court with being in a major league uh, professional operation. So that's shout out to the Grizzlies and the association. That's beautiful. That's That's awesome. Well, we're going to get a little off of Memphis sports here, but were you able to watch the national championship, Baylor versus Gonzaga? Yeah, yeah I saw that beat down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like, I think um, as much as people, some people say, well, it had nothing to do with it. I think that semi game that Gonzaga played, that was so it was going to be kind of difficult. And Baylor's grown men out there. They played the same way this whole tournament. But, you know, one hit threes and one didn't. And that basically kind of it. You know, uh, Gonzaga had been hitting threes all tournament and that, that well ran dry. And uh, Houston, uh, Baylor was able to keep it up from long range. And they basically bombed them out of existence. And that's uh, that, and that can happen. In this tournament, it's not about – it's more about who gets hot at the right time and who can stay hot the longest. And the Bears were, were able to do that. And, you know, they were one and two all year those teams were so um it came down to it people got the matchup that they wanted and uh it, it Baylor came out the winner if those teams played 10 times I don't know Baylor might win six but Gonzaga might win six I think they're fairly even that that was just Gonzaga could not hit the broad side of a barn from downtown most of that game and that did them in what team were you pulling for I wanted to see a good game I me yeah. personally I'm not a fan. If you hadn't figured that out, <laughs> I like it when the quote-unquote little guy you know, gets the win. And the Gonzaga, even though they were the favorite team, uh, they are not from a Power Five conference, and they've done, you know, they've done it their own way. And Mark Few has been there, and they're keeping him there, and he ain't looking to go anywhere else. He's happy. What's wrong with that? I think that's a great thing. And uh, they've been able to carve out their own niche and make their own uh, make their own way in the world. And I kind of use that as a as a hope for what we can do here in Memphis with the, the Tigers, you know. It doesn't matter what league you're in, you put together the best team 
and you'll be able to show out on the national level. And that, you can do that in college basketball. Everything is, it's not a, you know, democratic system in college football, unfortunately. That's a, oh. that's totally geared to the haves. Well, the Tigers was going to be the next question about, we, we won the NIT championship this year. And mm-hmm. a couple of days later, we had starting to see some guys enter the transfer portal, Boogie Ellis, Damian Ball, and Jordan Nesbitt. And I think I'm mi- missing one more. Uh, Musa just DJ. declared draft. Yeah, DJ Jeffries. And then Musa declared for the draft. And mm-hmm. so what are your, if you're, if you're able to talk about it, what are your key thoughts on what Penny can do to turn around this team and make them even better next season? Well, first of all, I think it's, you know, the, the players should be able to do what they want to do. The NCAA put that rule out. Everybody's got a free one-time transfer this year. So, you know, everybody's going to test the water. You know, some may come back. I'm not saying it come back to the program here, but if you look at it, there's more than 1,500 guys in the transport portal right now nationwide. 1,500 for 362 division teams. So that's more than three per team. Uh, you know, per team. So it's not just the time. And, and I'm not just talking about Scrubs looking for a chance to go get some minutes somewhere. These are players that are getting great minutes that have put up great stats. And they're also looking to see what else is out there. So it's just not a Memphis thing. This is the program thing. If anybody I think is situated to navigate their way through something like this, I think it's Penny because he used to, uh, quote unquote, roster management, having played in the NBA and knows, knows what that free agency thing is about. And, He's got his nose to the grindstone for on the um, transfer portal and all that good stuff. He knows who's out there, especially having you know been in AAU for all those years. And plus, he's got a name. Everybody knows who Hardaway is. If the kids don't know him, their parents know him. And all they got to do is just check out his YouTube, which I'm sure you guys have you you guys aren't old enough to have seen him when he played. I covered him when he was in high school and knew that dude was a special dude. Yeah. And he's proven that. So uh, he knows what he he. I mean, look, two of the best players on the team this year were transfers. They got uh, uh, Landers Nolly and uh, DeAndre Williams. So True. he knows who's out there. He knows who to get. It's tough that, uh, you know, they couldn't keep the band together and run it back because I think they would have done some real damage on the, in the big dance. But, you know, that's, that's, that's life in this year's college basketball. And I think that's one reason why Roy Williams decided to hang it up in North Carolina. He didn't want to deal with this stuff. You know, he just do it the old fashioned way. And then you, you expect him to be there if you want him back. But Hey, you know, it's all back when I played long back before there was dirt, uh, you know, you signed a scholarship. It was a four year deal. Now it's renewable every year at the, the coach's discretion. You don't have any say about it as a player. So I'm all for the players to be able to do what they need to do, get where they need to go. And uh, it's, that makes it more even because coaches can get up whenever the heck they feel like it, basically. And uh, if they, even if there's a big buyout, they, there's ways to work around that. So the players ought to be able to have the same thing. That's my opinion. Well, I've, I've been hearing some rumors saying that this upcoming season might be the best team since the 08 run because we've got some guys coming in like John Camden, uh, Josh Minot, Sam Ayamade, and I, I might be missing some names, but and then now we've added Davion Warren through the portal, who yep. averages like 20 points. He shoots like 67 percent like yeah. from the arc. I mean, he just sounds like a guy who come in and be a point scorer. But I'm ready. I'm excited for this upcoming season. I'm hopeful we can make the big dance. 
hopefully we can keep some key guys like Lester Kiernes and some other guys as well. The, the toughest thing about it is the fact that you feel like you're kind of starting over, but ev- pretty much everybody's going to be in that boat. There may be a couple of teams around the country that can keep their players, you know, from you know hitting the transfer portal and going somewhere else, and they could run it back, so to speak. But, but most of the most of the country is having, you know, seeing teams where players are leaving, going somewhere else, and so you're in a start over mode. But you know, we've seen Penny with a start over, and it, they it didn't start out that great this past season, but they sure did finish on fire. Let's hope that they can, uh, they've got a core group that knows what to do. You know, if, if the guys that are here now don't go, they know what to do. They know how to play. They know what Penny wants. And if they can, uh, get that over to the new guys and, you know, you always wonder about, you know, how to, it's not just how they mess on the court. It's how they mess off the court. If they're, you know, uh, philosophy, I don't say philosophy, you know, if, if they're socially, if they're, if they're on the same page, yeah. you know, you got to, you got you, you got to you got to have somebody that you like playing with. You play better with them. You know we've seen with the Grizzlies; they really enjoy playing with each other. And uh, and a professional deal is a big is a whole difference. But once this team figures it out, so to speak, you know, and Penny can keep them all on the same page. I think that they have a chance to be really good. We'll we'll have to hold and see how they how they work how they mesh together as they as they start out the year. Yeah, that camaraderie. They will have some talent. Yeah, that's excellent. Before we wrap it up, would there would there be any advice to give to any listeners about wanting to get into a similar job to what you have in like newscasting or broadcasting media. and media? Well, you know, that that's one of the toughest questions I get asked now because like media is totally different than when I started. That's you know, true. it's like when I started, you know, the six o'clock news, that was like the dinner hour. Everybody gathered around the table and watch the news and and uh and that's where you got all your news from you know you turn on the tv and there it is six and ten now you know with phone like you're holding right there and um everything else the internet like you can get news whenever you want so it's totally totally different uh kids now grow up with a phone in their hand and grow up with playstation 5 and iphone 40 you know <laughs> all the rest of that they really know how to navigate their way through all that stuff i didn't you know when i started we still had manual typewriters that's a long that was in 1979 so uh yeah that's a long time ago <laughs> uh so it, it things things change you got to be able to adapt you got to be able to adjust and i'd say you know learning first of all you should be good at English. You have to be able to communicate. Work on your communication skills. Take communications classes. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of things now are opinion-based. People, people with opinion, that's the big rage right now because you make a hot take. But you got to be informed before you make some sort of take. You can't just go out there and spat off and say a bunch of stuff and put misinformation and disinformation out there. I hate that. That's the worst thing about, you know, these phones and, uh, and social media and stuff like that, because people can pop off and say whatever they want to say, whether it's true or not. But uh, you need to go to school somewhere, get, get a formal education, uh, work on your English, work on your speaking, and then you got to have some luck to go along with it. If, it's, if you're passionate about it, you'll, you'll get a shot. Um, look for the, the best school you can go to. I went to Memphis. It served me well. Um, and, uh, you know, look for things that will and always be willing to work like you know if you like growing up you guys probably like playing basketball right you could go it didn't matter if it was 20 degrees outside you could get a ball and go to a hoop if you could find a game somewhere you know and, and go play you got to be that about about this job 
if you right. want this to be your profession. And if it's right. a profession, it's not like work. You know, this is something that you want to do. You're willing to put in the time. And uh, this is a business where some something's going on all the, all the time, 24-7, 365. You cannot, you know, it's not like you get regular off days or your hours are going to be the same every day. But like I said, if it's your passion, you know, and you're willing to do the work, you know, hopefully there'll be a spot for you somewhere. Is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners say, today? Oh, wow. Make sure you get tested. Make sure you get your shot. Uh, the vaccine's a good thing. You know, in 1955, we had the polio vaccine. We had, who, when's the last time you saw somebody walk around with polio? Uh, this is something that uh, we have to do it as a city, as a country, as a nation, and as a world. So go get your shot. You guys got yours. I got mine. I was able to see my mother for the first time this past weekend in a year. We stopped. Awesome. Uh, we've been living in our own little bubble since March 11th of last year when the NBA, you know, shut down. And, uh, you know, the grandkids, her great grandchildren got to see them. And, you know, if you want to get back to that, hey, man, do what the CDC says. And, um, hey, Memphis is coming back. You know, there's a lot of things uh, going on in this town, you know, that got shut down right when the pandemic hit. There's a lot of uh, young people looking to move to Memphis. Uh, people say, oh, Memphis is dead. No, it isn't. There are people like Cassie Carlson, my own uh, weekend uh, sports anchor reporter. You know, she's, she saw Memphis. Hey, look, this looks like a happening place. She's here. She's a millennial like you guys. And uh, a lot of her friends, when they come to visit, they're like, hey, man, this, this place is kind of the ish. You know what I mean? They're <laughs> interested in coming and checking us out. So, hey, we're let's let's i'm all things i'm about all things memphis you know we can we can do it if we put our minds to it we can be great we can only be as great as we are if we're all together memphis 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 there you go memphis 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 the beautiful land in the world world. (laughs) i love it all right well thank you you so much for joining us on this episode today jarvis thank you it's been an honor and a blast i'm your host robert roten and i'm ramey johnson love you guys peace don't forget to join us next time the proud with the boys yeah we swoop yeah we swoop and we got them high clocks and we'll shoot and we'll shoot with the mercedes benz in the coop in the coop and this shit so hard it's on loop it's on loop